Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Podcast Network Asia. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. Welcome to the big time! Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. You know your damn role and shut your damn mouth. Hey, everyone. This is Jeff Cobb. I have to finish the story. We are pretty deadly. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. Hello, my name is Ila Dragunov, the star Bang, the sniper is shooting you down. This is TMDK's Robbie Eagles, and you are listening to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. listening to the longest running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. It's the OGs of the pod, Stan C and Romoran checking in on an audio-only picks of the week episode. Uh, before we get started, thank you, Ro, and thank you, Babyface producer Jasper, for holding down the Fortnum live stream. Uh, it was one of those weird weeks na isa lang from the regular hosting available. Yeah, but thing may isang available eh. And no, but really thank you to Babyface producer Jasper for being down. Because I, I I technically could have done the show myself, but siempre it would be a lot easier on my voice and my my mind to uh have someone else with me. Laluna, I was getting off, I was coming off uh, a cold that week. So it was really one of those bad juju week so thank you babyface producer jasper i know you're gonna be li- you know i know you're gonna be listening to this uh when you edit it so um yeah we appreciate you yes we acknowledge babyface producer jasper he is well i'm gonna let kevin durant say it you're the real mvp you get a pass yeah uh, we got a lot going on for this week. We've got the SummerSlam predictions episode happening on Thursday sa live stream natin. 7 p.m. on Thursday uh, sa Facebook and YouTube channel ng Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. And of course, the SummerSlam viewing party, which we're still getting inquiries on sa ating Facebook yeah. page at facebook.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast. Uh, online selling has ended because our partners at snack.ph only said it until July 30, if I'm not mistaken. But well, who's no, got no, no, the details? No. No, no, no. It, online selling is closed today because, uh, syempre, uh, we need to get our money as soon as we can. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if we, kung, uh, kung pa delay pa namin anytime soon, we, we will not get it in a reasonable time frame. So, uh, snack.ph. So that's basically the reason why. But, um, we did say that it was going to close. So I hope that you guys got it, um, before the, closing of online selling so uh, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have I, I know a lot of people have messaged us to say that they're they already locked down their tickets for SummerSlam so if not you're 
I mean, our tickets are still available at the door. It's going to be available for 500 pesos. Um, anyone can come in, come in early, six uh, gates, doors open rather at 6.30 a.m. Because, Shempre, uh, I know that you guys want to come in early and get your spots a bar. Um, it does fill up pretty easily, uh, pretty quickly. If you guys have uh, been to uh, one of our viewing parties before, I know it's WrestleMania, but this time SummerSlam season is uh, a whole different beast because of the Triple H regime. So um, we expect quite a bit of people. I don't think we're going to reach Mania levels, but Shempre, we hope we do. But, um, you know, uh, it's going to be fun. We're going to watch uh, main event Jey Uso possibly take the Uwu Championship from the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns in Tribal Combat. And then we also have um, Finn Balor take on uh, Seth Rollins. And, you know, he's going to try to make him his seven-year bitch for the World Heavyweight Championship. So a lot of good stuff happening on uh, SummerSlam. We'll talk about it on the live stream on Thursday. We'll predict uh, the, the match. We'll give you our takes. And, you know, we'll see you guys at uh, Skinny Mike's for the viewing party. And chapter, if Skinny Mike's is too far for you in Bonifacio Global City, there is also a viewing party in the north, uh, courtesy of our friends from Hobby Stadium uh, at New Manila, Quezon City. So if you want to, you know, uh, keep it within the area lately, uh, you can go there and you can drop by their their viewing party is for free. But please do support their business by buying coffee, by buying breakfast. We're going to be able because we do want to, you know, make these viewing parties sustainable. And we do want this to be a thing all around the city, all around the metro moving forward. So, you know, you guys, uh, the wrestling community in Manila have something to do when it comes to big shows like this. So whether you are watching SummerSlam with us in the South or Central ish area or uh up north in hobby stadium let's all have a good time you know let's all have fun and uh watch some wrestling enjoy some wrestling yeah so we'll catch you there or scenario we'll catch you there because i will be calling the show as always on the wwe network alongside carlo pamintuan and we're gonna try to uh try our best to have the guy commentary pumping through the speakers over at skinny mike's bgc oh yes yes <laughs> there's a funny story volunteer to uh, plug in their laptop in the main VPN just wow. you know, for everyone to have uh, uh, the WWE Network experience. So thank you. Um, I forgot your name. Uh, it's in our uh, it's in, it's in our chat with the uh, Geek Talk PH boys, the Legend Dennis and Galactic Shark, who will be there at the Skinny Mike's uh, branch of the viewing party. So if you're a fan of them, uh, I think some other Geek Talk people will be there as well. So, um, you know, the Geek Talk community has been slowly becoming a big wrestling uh fandom once more uh mostly dalke galactic shark so thank you guys um if you want to see them they will be there and i think uh we're gonna have uh, a little bit of a meet and greet as well within the uh geek and wrestling community in manila uh should be a lot of fun i'm sure a lot of them will show up in their finn balor nike oh yeah uh, dunks oh, yeah, yeah, psychic yeah. purple uh, and black uh, because of the Geek Talk community. Well, Thanks, not guys. just, you know, di naman, di naman pero they have been buying it. And, you know, promote it. sponsorship. So the the Judgment Day colorway, the unofficial Judgment Day colorway of the Nike uh, Dunk High is uh, available and kind of on sale because it's not your usual retail price. So it's available for a little under 4,000 pesos, yes. uh, In a lot of Nike stores around the metro, apparently. 
Yeah, certain spots. Uh, if you want to know, DM you na lang ako because we're not gonna be uh, shilling all of these retailers entirely on the. Podcast. No, I mean like, why the fuck not? I mean like, if if it means that Nike could help us, you know, uh, could be uh, a partner with us someday, diba? Why do I not? Oh, uh, go check out our friends at Titan. Yan. Yeah, that's right. Sa- mga sana future friends natin on the podcast. Mm, yeah. All right. Uh, one last plug before we get to our first pick of the week. Patreon, always a thing. If you want to be part of our growing Patreon community, then all you have to do is sign up for as low as $5 a month or about 260 to 270 pesos over on patreon.com slash wrestling wrestling podcasts. That's where we do the pasabais. That's where you hang out with us outside of the pod when we're off air. And it's a really fun and inclusive and safe space for everybody who wants to support the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Uh, more than just listening to the pod and uh, adding to our views and clicks over on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So again, go check us out over on patreon.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast. All right, let's start with our first pick. And this one comes from Rowan. This is a video up on Maven Huffman's YouTube channel. And for the kids out there, And I think we can't actually say this because yung heyday ni Maven in wrestling uh, is apparently older than some of the current generation oh, yeah. of fans. Uh, Maven Huffman, who was one of the first winners of Tough Enough from the early 2000s, he's got a YouTube channel and he posted a video this past weekend entitled Rating the WWE Wrestlers I Worked With. So it's uh, your typical one-person narration where uh, it's just him talking to the camera and and what happens is there's a stack of 8x12s yeah. and mm. he'll pull one up randomly and then when he sees face he reaction a he'll flip it over so you see who he's talking about and then he'll describe his experiences working with them if they were cool backstage what he actually thinks of them now granted Maven is someone who was in the WWE system from I believe between 2002 and 2005 so mm. um, you know when, when he He talks about the experiences now with wrestlers like Triple H, Shawn Michaels, John Cena, Chris Jericho. There are some feelings, mga takes. Uh, some of them a bit unfiltered. Some of them uh, quite diplomatic. Um, you know, it's up to you whether or not you want to take Maven for his word for it. But siempre, uh, those were his experiences with those people in that time, in the early to mid 2000s. So for all we know, some of these people may have changed. Some of these people might not have changed. This is a funny pick because I have so many questions. One is, how did Rowan stumble upon uh, Maven's uh, uh, YouTube page? To Two, be fair, Luobas is a recommended go. Oh, yeah. Two, I don't know why Maven has a YouTube page and why he has 15,000 subscribers, but good for him. Uh, well, yeah. Um, it's kind of like a podcast, actually. I thought it was like a random uh, something interview from, you know, a, a wrestling media outlet, but apparently yeah. it's his own content and it felt to me more like a podcast because it felt like something I would do on my own podcast. So um, maybe one day, maybe eventually. But um, it feels like... A... Well, <laughs> yeah, I guess. But, you know, it's one of those things that I naturally tell those stories already when um, when I talk about events and uh, people I work with and when who I wrestle in such and such event. But uh, if you listen to the podcast, that's pretty much what I do. And if you haven't yet, please get on that. Um, it's unmasked. Uh, the Chronicles of Rome ran and some data. Quick plug. But um, this is pretty fun. I actually enjoyed it. I it was a nothing burger of a pick. I say Rowan doesn't get to watch stuff anymore because of his busy schedule. But it was actually pretty fun. Um, I do enjoy listening to these stories. Uh, it's One way for us fans uh, to find out more about the wrestlers we saw on TV back when we were kids. So that was pretty cool. Um, Maven is uh, happily retired, I believe. 
Yeah. Uh, he's actually a pretty good talker. So that's also a good thing that works for him. Uh, the stories are fun. And uh, I think mostly things that I've never heard before. Because I remember I don't go around the internet uh, looking for Maven stories. <laughs> so uh, yeah, not, not a bad pick from Rowan. Yeah. Uh, Maven hasn't really done a lot of interviews and I've tried looking for them before this video came out because uh, Maven was one of those guys who I actually liked because of his theme song that opening riff uh, uh, to his song was it's on Spotify uh, yes it, it is on Spotify by the band that was formerly known as Mercy Drive aka huh? Matarang Burn In My Light you said Mercy Drive again no no they changed their name uh, years after Burn In My Light came out Right. Uh, one thing about one thing I liked about the story is uh, Maven. I don't know if it was because he was humble or parang self aware in Shangyan, but he says about himself that he's not a good worker. But a lot of people had uh, were kind of fans of Maven because he was pretty athletic and he had a pretty sweet drop kick. Like way before uh, Okada became famous for his drop kick, like Maven uh, had the drop kick, the really high drop kick as his thing. So it's interesting that um, he says he's not a good worker. Then he also says that he gasses out after three minutes, which is fairly common. But uh, really interesting to see then how uh, a lot of mature, more mature wrestlers uh, view their own work. So that's pretty cool. And if you're old enough to have actually seen Maven wrestle on TV or maybe even live, then this is probably a reminder to take your maintenance meds. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next one. It's from Emil, and he picks uh, something from the G1 from day nine, which was July 27. Will Ospreay versus Kazuchika Okada. And if you've been following New Japan for the last half decade, you would know that this is part of the long-standing Osprey Okada rivalry, which has pretty much been the main rivalry in New Japan for the last few years. And uh, if if the last time you'd seen Will Ospreay was in AEW, kind of like me. Major jarring to see him as a babyface, but I'm also aware na yun talaga yung arc niya sa New Japan ngayon. He's on this redemption tour, so you know it's uh, it's it's a different Will Ospreay that I'm accustomed to seeing on AEW, where uh, he's smiling more, he's pandering to fans, he's really this uh, underdog that the the fans are willingly cheering for and getting behind. And yung meta narrative niya heading into the match is that. Uh, or the narrative, rather, is that he hasn't beaten Okada clean and that he needed to do it in under 20 minutes because this year's G1 has a very hard 20-minute time limit, which I loved because it gave every match a sense of urgency. Like, especially with Osprey Okada, I could see how they were really trying to hit more impactful, impactful moves. Like, they weren't messing around. Yung sinasabi ng commentators na no wasted motion, I could actually kind of see it in a match like this. So I appreciated that. Uh, see, Emil also says that the babyface turn for Osprey was really cemented by the end of the match because of his gesture towards Okada, how he gave him props and how he conducted himself as a post-match promo. And Emil, who's apparently been following the G1, says that Osprey Okada is the best match so far in this tournament. And it's no surprise considering who the wrestlers involved were. Yeah, um, this, is this is basically uh, an entry-level na. Uh, Okada Osprey match because yeah, it's under 20 minutes and they can't really um, you know do like 40 minute heroics here and because of that it's actually a pretty good uh, condensed version uh, as you said yeah, it's a pretty uh, urgent match for them because yeah, you can't go past 20 minutes so uh, for those who aren't really exposed to both um, Osprey and Okada and New Japan as a whole Definitely watch this because you know the first time or you know the first few times you ever see a New Japan match, it's always mind blowing. 
for me personally, uh, medyo, it's, you know, eh, it's, it's a, you know, it's one of those things. It, for me, it's a paint by numbers New Japan match, na main event style. Worker so, ka na kasi. No, 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 not because I'm a worker, but because uh, I have seen so much of this New Japan stuff so many times now over the past decade or so, diba? Uh, since we started with, uh, 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 you know, I think I believe it was um, Wrestle Kingdom in 2014 around those times. So um, I'm pretty seasoned to this. And in my eyes, in my um, oversaturated eyes, they didn't really do anything special or new. So uh, I am just, you know, major ambivalent about this pick. But that's not to say it was bad or anything or not or forgettable. It was pretty good. It's just that um, there are more mind blowing versions of this match out there and possibly in the future if they ever do that main event once more. But uh, I also recommend this pick, Shempre, um, if you want to be introduced to, you know, uh, the top guys in New Japan and the New Japan style in general. If, you know, if you've seen people talking about uh, New Japan this, Japan that, Puro rest with this, um, it's a great way to you know just tap in because you know, it's not going to take too much of your time. And um, if you can watch like uh, a twenty or so minute um, NXT main event with Ilya Dragunov and uh, Carmelo Hayes, you can definitely watch this, especially with English commentary, which we did not have years before or too much of years before. So. Um, definitely catch this. And uh, I agree with uh, what Emil said. It's just that, you know, personally, I've just seen too much of this already. Yeah. Uh, mas accessible na definitely New Japan ngayon, especially with English commentary uh, brought to you by Chris Charlton and our friend Kevin Kelly. So, you know, um, it's it's really different because when we started watching New Japan, Wrestle Kingdom lang yung may English commentary and that's only once a year, diba? So Yeah, and it was JR and... Josh uh, Barnett. Josh and Matt Stryker too. So, yeah. um, JR... Didn't know too much. experience when you have commentary from people who know what they're talking about, who know the people and the and the backstory. So you guys, if you're coming into this just now, um, must must swear to Yeah, yeah. We really had to work with what we had at the time, which makes us sound older than we actually are. Yeah, ganun <laughs> talaga. All right, uh, moving on to the end of our first half of picks. Let's go to China's pick, which is from Collision this past weekend. It was FTR versus Better Than You, Bebe, for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. It was another classic FTR tag team match, very hard fought between both uh, squads. And then Sabini Chino, he liked how MJF making the save for Adam Cole doubled down on their tag team dynamic and their incredible chemistry. And I thought it was fascinating seeing FTR, who for so many months have been uh, yung rough and tough redneck baby faces ng AEW now uh, turning slightly heel kasi sobrang popular talaga nina MJF and Adam Cole as a pair and it probably shows a little bit of uh, flexibility sa, sa creative sa booking especially with how everything ended na uh, just when you thought na ito na MJF is gonna turn and blame everything on Adam Cole they were able to adapt and extend this story even more kasi parang hindi pa naman siya talaga umabot sa sa dulo diba sa sa rurok ng story so um it, it's good to see that they're willing to flesh this out even more because as we've said on the podcast multiple times it's a very fun story whether or not MJF and Adam Cole do end up going back to FTR the fact that the two of them are going to keep messing with one another even though my blatant distrust on both guys 
um, it's it's a very layered uh, narrative that they're telling right here, and I'm really enjoying it. And I I appreciate the the role that FTR played here as the tag team stalwarts. Yung parang uh, you guys don't even deserve to be here because kami yung tunay na tag team kayo uh, pinagtagpi-tagpi lang kayo. You don't even trust each other. So that uh, dichotomy being present there added to my enjoyment of the storytelling. Yeah, uh, I want to talk about the you know the implications of this story on Thursday because um that's when we talk about the the bigger stuff but i wanted to praise this so much i'm actually glad someone picked it because i wanted to pick it but i only really wanted to pick it for the post match um ganap so it was really really good and for a lot of reasons that people might not pick up on just yet because other than the fact that the friendship thing is really heartwarming uh it's really brilliant the way the you know uh the way they nav- they found a nice turn in the story the nice twist in the story because um you don't see this a lot you don't see this often uh, um adam cole and mjf are so experienced in you know in their own ways in their respective ways with uh being the the bad guy that they understand the trope of the story they're in so it was really amazing that Adam Cole actually went out and turned his back to open himself for the uh, turn that he knew was coming. So he was bracing himself. Fine, oh, just do it, Max. Just do it. Oh, that was that was so amazing. I don't you. I don't think I've ever seen that ever in you know the thirty or so years since uh, Shawn Michaels super kicked Marty Jannetty through a barbershop window. But that doesn't happen at all. I say. Um, it's always the thing that the guy who gets turned on never sees it coming. But here, the guy who gets turned on or, you know, who we think gets turned on um, opens himself up, understands the trope and even willfully enables it because he knows, you know, as part of the story, as a guy who's part of the story, that this is where the story was going anyway. So it's so mind blowing for me because I, uh, that's never been done that way before. So um, I don't know whose idea this was. I don't know if it was Tony Khan's, I, but I don't think it's Tony Khan's. I don't think, I honestly don't think that he can come up with something this clever and subversive. Um, he could come up with a broad strokes, but I don't think um, he ha- he can do this by himself. Because um, we've seen the other stories that you know that happen in AEW. They're not really the best exactly. So uh, when something like this happens, you know they're, might have been or there most likely could have been an assist from the people involved so you know i, I don't think he did the whole mjf cm punk thing himself i don't think he did yeah. the whole mjf brian Danielson thing himself so this had to be an idea by you know adam cole or mjf himself so that's that's my story and i'm sticking to it so that's why i wanted to pick this because it was so so good and um they finally found their bloodline cinema their own you know bloodline cinema that they can call their own yeah so i'm glad that they did that uh i think a lot of the times you know, um uh even with the bloodline uh, a lot of it was because of roman reigns and paul Heyman. Right? so uh that's what happens when you have some uh pretty brilliant creative minds because it's not just not not every wrestler can come up with this stuff on their own but you know when they are in two Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. With how to tell stories and what kind of stories will hook the audience in, uh, it really is cinematic magic. So I, even if you don't... Uh, if you, even if you don't watch the entire 20 or so minute tag team match, um, you can just watch like the final three or so minutes, which I did actually post on our TikTok. So you can see how it all happens, how how it all led to that particular moment. How, you know, you know, Sinus Abin and Chino that MJF saved Adam Cole and then MJF really, you know, uh, I don't know if he was acting, you know, we don't, we'll find out, I guess, in, in a matter of weeks, whether he was acting uh, really distressed about losing the match for them. Uh, but all of that was really, really great. And uh, I hope that they finally understand. I think, uh, I hope uh, for MJF for the most part, nah, he finally understands that people want to see him like this and not just the uh, As a dick. not just the dick, the douchebag that he has so comf- comfortably been for the past, I don't know, in I guess the, the whole of his career. I don't think he's ever been anything else for his career. So um I hope that he steps out of whatever comfort zone he has and really fleshes out young uh human being maxwell the human max max friedman the human being that people really wanted to cheer for yeah uh the only explanation i can think of in my head kung bakit self-aware si adam cole is kasi tropa ni si kevin owens the most self-aware man in professional wrestling Saka, so that no, off on him via osmosis yeah, and you know he's he's turned on other people. Like he's turned on fucking Kyle O'Reilly. So he knows the game. So uh, uh, it is a nice creative and you know uh, long term wrinkle that um, that he pays attention to how these things happen. How in his know, own betra- history? Yeah, exactly. How his how betrayals happen. So um, that is like a great nod. Because yeah, I picked up on it. Like I'm sure a lot of people picked up on it. You guys picked up on it. Because we are actual uh, longtime wrestling fans. And uh, yeah, like Kevin Owens, we watch the show. <laughs> we are familiar with the behavior of these human beings, human being characters. About you know, um, it's great when they're not acting all stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, yung picks of the week namin ni plus another bonus consensus pick of the week after this quick word from our other podcasts on Podcast Network Asia. Let's get to the second half of our picks of the week. We'll start with mine, which is from this week's Raw, from the July 31 episode, because we're recording this on a Tuesday night. Na at least itong pick na to na, uh, na namin ni Ro, so we can talk about it. It's the, first, it's the Beat the Clock Challenge 
ni Chad Gable kay Gunther and then the match that followed that one. So essentially, it's a two-in-one type of match. And I love this for uh, a couple of reasons. The first being that it makes Chad Gable serious again as a character. Because over the last uh, however long Alpha Academy has been around, uh, a year, year and a half, um, they've been medyo goofy lang eh, for the most part, right? Especially nung nag-turn face sila. And Chad Gable was being yung coach ni Otis and then later Maxine Dupree. Um, but, you know, having Chad Gable go up against Gunther, who is the no-nonsense militant intercontinental champion, forces Chad Gable to be serious. And that also forces him to step up his game again in the ring. Not saying that he's bad or he's lazy or whatever, but the Chad Gable I fell in love with as a wrestling fan in 2016-17, we're seeing him again pag sineseryoso niya. It's kind of like Orange Cassidy hitting that switch when he decides to do his comeback. So uh, we saw Chad Gable do usual amateur Olympic-inspired moves niya, which I really love. And then the fact na kaya niya makipagsabayan with Gunther and he was able to survive the five minutes, that really popped me. Kasi uh, it makes Chad Gable look strong without necessarily pinning or submitting Gunther, which I know they've been protecting him very well, di ba? To really keep that streak going. So uh, it's it, it hits two birds with one stone and then getting Gunther all upset and him demanding na uh, ituloy yung match without a time limit makes him a sore loser of a heel, makes him such a douchebag na he just puts the beat down on Gable and then when he finally gets the win, parang, oh, ano, happy ka na, di ba? Parang batang nagmamaktol. That's basically what Gunther was being. And uh, okay lang sa akin because Drew McIntyre wasn't there. He wasn't there to help carry it this week of storytelling heading into this match at SummerSlam. So Gunther was kind of forced to pick up that slack on his own. And I like that they did it through a match like this. Because it was a self-contained story between Gunther and Chad Gable in the absence of Drew McIntyre. So I felt like this was very hardworking. They were, they were able to set it up. They made it make sense. And they made Chad Gable look like a serious, credible threat as a mid-card singles wrestler. Against Gunther, who, for lack of uh, an opponent there, uh, you know, settled with... Um, getting challenged by Chad Gable who just minutes ago he was mocking and uh, hindi niya inakalang would survive the onslaught of offense that he would bring in the ring. So uh, for those reasons, Gunther versus Chad Gable is my pick of the week. Yeah, a couple of cool things about this. Uh, one is that Gunther just pretty much agreed to doing a pretty decently length TV match here just because he could and you know, six days or five days before wrestling Drew McIntyre in what I assume is going to be a harder hitting match. So that's pretty cool of him. And second of all, it's, I think, a nice hallmark now of the Triple H regime that when you do work hard, you can kind of be guaranteed that you will be rewarded somehow. Maybe it's not going to be a championship reign. Maybe it's not going to be a big win. But you will be put in a position that in which you can shine if you step up. And then, you know, you'll, your, your stock will be higher than it was uh, before that. So I think this was a reward to Chad Gable uh, because he had been doing great work with, uh, you know, kind of a goofy feud with the Viking Raiders before this. So, uh, well, that's your Drew McIntyre. So coach put you in from the bench and now uh, he, he delivered. He stepped up. So I've seen this with other wrestlers like uh, Mustafa Ali, uh, Santos Escobar, Ricochet. So um, it's a nice reassurance to know that uh, Triple H is watching and he's not just making you run the the hamster wheel about the, the way Vince does. Now, you know, Vince will just let you do your thing and then he, he won't really 
take notice of you until he really, really has to, right? like when you're someone's injured right? and things like that. Or, you know, the crowd reaction is super undeniable, like Daniel Bryan back in 2014. So it's nice and um, a much, much better, you know, uh, time in WWE, which is why uh, Raw and SmackDown t- uh, events have recently been, you know, the highest grossing uh, WWE shows in the local his- lo- the local area's history, the city's history. So that's pretty cool. And I hope is sufficient proof that Triple H makes money and not in the way that Vince does. So if I'm, you know, uh, weighing who the best options are to run WWE after um, they finally merged to become uh, TKO, I believe the name of the yep. merger the merged company is i would hope that you know triple h is kept firmly in charge because he is now proven because um it's undisputable fact that he brings in the cash for the way in a way that vince could not have done back in um back you know in in the latter years of his uh of his reign so I agree with everything that you mentioned. Um, it was really good. Chapter, you and I both know how good Chad Gable can be. There are probably people uh, in the audience, in the WWE audience, who either don't know or have forgotten. So uh, this is a nice reminder. And I hope that um, this could be like a sign of things or better things to come for Chad Gable. And maybe he's in a, uh, the rest of the Alpha Academy as well, because I think they've been doing some pretty good work. And um if only the tag team championships were split, there could have been a bigger, you know, a better opportunity for not just them, but also everyone has been putting in the good work in in their respective rosters. So there. Uh, it's fresh off of Monday Night Raw from this morning. Uh, bonus, bonus pick. Yung uh, promo video package nina Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler, which they split into two parts during Raw. Uh, so good it added so much personal history to the rivalry between Ronda and Shayna it uh, raised the stakes made it more personal and I loved how uh, they just produced that vignette all together this week's Raw was actually a uh, a good go home show for uh, the red brand TV writers doing work so I hope that you know uh, people both you know in the fans and uh, elsewhere in the industry stop shitting on TV writers yeah uh, they've they've since improved. They've come a long way from mm. uh, yung dating first impressions when it comes to TV writers mm. working in wrestling. All right, Ro closes off here with our great American Bash picks. Yeah, uh, the entire show is pretty good. Um, please go watch it because uh, NXT again. Uh, we've harped on this back in the last uh, NXT pay per view pre- premium live event. Um, but you know we are pretty much back in takeover levels of uh, of goodness of in ring goodness. So my pick of the week. Um, is uh, if I had to pick it, Chempre, it would be uh, Blair Davenport versus Roxanne Perez in Weapons Wild. Um, there are two women's matches on this card, but this one I believe was the better one because, um, maybe you know, Roxanne Perez has a chip on her shoulder. People I think have been looking at her as the little young girl who you know it's just the pro the prod the prod prodigy protege ni uh ni booker t and then they leave her at that when you know they kind of dismiss her for being the kid in the entire nxt women's division because she was called up at such a young age and it this match was her proving that she can go and she can actually hit harder than you would think she could and i think blair davenport was also the best partner for her in this match because you know 
Via Priestley, Via Priestley comes from Japan, and you know the the pedigree over there is you don't just wrestle; you wrestle hard, you hit hard. And um, even though this was, you know, I think they could have just done a straight up singles match. The fact that they also went with a hardcore match proves that nobody in this match are just dainty, uh, <laughs> dainty women, little girls. About so that's pretty cool of them. And I think um, Roxanne Perez acquitted herself well to the point that. This was her reestablishing herself after being away after losing the NXT Women's Championship. So a lot of good stuff, a lot of hard hits, brutal hits, and especially in front of the family in Roxanne. So that was a pretty interesting touch. I don't know uh, how her mom and sister would have uh, felt after seeing her get kicked, uh, you know, get uh, thrown around and beaten up with weapons in that match. So I hope that you know she didn't get too much shit for that, but um, it was definitely a bold choice. And um, now, at first, I didn't really see the point of them including this match on the card. Uh, I think I, I thought it was just you know like uh, another women's match to pad it. Shempre, it's great to have more than one on the card, but now I get it. You say they just really wanted to do, to go out there and prove that they can hit hard and uh be you know credible when it comes to the kind of intensity and physicality that people can expect from the NXC women's division yeah uh you really have to hand it to them for just uh you know beating each other up for our enjoyment for our entertainment sobrang uh Bumalik yung quality nga talaga, as you said, no NXT to the takeover days, the black and gold days, and anyone who's dismissed NXT and said, nah, you know, it's not like the good old days, is really just not watching. Uh, because they're really just putting everything on display once again uh, to the level that they have. Even in TV, like if you actually watch the TV episodes, mm. you get the yeah. same quality of stuff. So I'm glad that Roxanne Perez and Blair Davenport were able to get this bigger platform. And I hope that it sets them up to be in uh, in bigger stories. Because, you know, Roxanne's only 21. Uh, I, I don't think she's like the most veteran yet. So I'm not sure in uh, my place enough for her on the main roster. So she can still do a lot of good work on NXT with um, all the other... Uh, female superstars over there and Blair Davenport man um, the the way that she brings the intensity just makes uh, her matches look brutal especially for whoever she's facing against so I, I loved uh, how Blair really made Roxanne look like such a compelling underdog and it helped that it was in her home state of Texas which really mm. made her mu- a much more sympathetic babyface so both of uh, both Roxanne and Blair really played their roles well and I uh, I, I can't dispute this uh, being included in our Picks of the Week episode. Now, uh, we're going to round things out here with our consensus pick. And this was my original pick before Gunther versus Chad Gable. Uh, and I just really had to show Gunther and Gable some love on the pod. But my original pick, which is now the consensus pick, is the main event of the Great American Bash, the NXT Championship match between Carmelo Hayes and Ilya Dragunov. And let's get this out of the way first. Um, are we mad that Ilya lost? No. Um... Oh, I guess I, the thing the thing about uh, NXT main events, uh, maybe we should stop doing this. But the way NXT is, you know, it it naturally lends itself to, you know, um, shining these matchups in a particular light. So with this, I had to, you know, predict that because Ilya lost, he has to be main roster bound. Even though that's not always the case, because you know, Braun Breaker didn't go up to the main roster, um, and so forth, so on and so forth, but. But uh, I'm not mad because mostly because if there is a plan to call someone up and there have been rumors that Ilya would 
or might take a place in Imperium. Uh, this just means that um, he is not long for NXT, right? And deserve naman yeah, he has he is one of the most veteran wrestlers in NXT right now. And I think that he has been in the developmental system for far too long since before the pandemic passed. So yeah. um, this guy, like Gunther, uh, didn't need to be down there for that long. So um, if the idea is to season Carmelo Hayes even more and you know give the veteran his due, then I'm okay with this. Um, it's not like... Uh, he looked he looked like a chump in the loss parang it, it, it's still Ilya. he will be Ilya no matter um no matter who you put him up against and no matter what event he's in so uh he delivered the way we expected him to deliver and because of that i i don't feel sad for him it's uh it's one of those things that um they earned that that decision that finish what I liked about this match is that uh, Carmelo Hayes looked like the type of underdog na parang hindi niya alam uh, what he got himself into, especially mm. against Ilya Dragunov. Mm. I think the difference between Ilya and Braun Breaker is that si Braun, he doesn't bring the intensity as much as Ilya does. Like Ilya's brand of intensity is talagang you'll really be uh, fearing for both of their well-beings after the match. Maybe even during the match. With Braun, um, I don't know if you see this, but I, th- I feel like there's a bit of control pa in his intensity. Like he's still uh, learning to break out of that. Whereas Ilya, he has been able to break out of that uh, sense of control and he's able to just really uh, physically get on you to the point that you're like, I hope Melo's okay. I hope that their their chests are fine. Um, um, Melo was put in a position where talagang underdog siya staring up at the threat of Ilya Dragunov going after him in a way that I didn't feel that when Braun was uh, the contender against Melo the champion. And that was great. It was a fresh dynamic, especially now that they're trying this thing with Melo where he's this honorable champion who has to defend the title uh, with prestige and to really protect yung integrity ng NXT championship to be the locker room leader. Uh, na, last year, this wasn't his character. Like, they've retained some parts of it, but for the most part, he's now your white meat babyface. Um, you know, uh, all, um, all edges of his character aside. So having Ilya Dragunov bringing uh, this this different dynamic into it was very fresh for me. So I enjoyed this match and I liked how their two characters interacted. Um, if Ilya Dragunov doesn't go to the main roster, I don't know who he's going to be NXT because I think he's pretty much done everything he has to do on NXT. Yeah, uh, speaking of the lack of control, Ilya is just downright insane. He is, um, it's not just him losing control. He is pretty much insane. We talked to the guy a couple of years ago and yeah. pretty much confirmed this, um, you know, in a subtle way. Mm-hmm. Like he just admitted that he was really physically intense and he kind of doesn't really think about his own well-being in, in that uh, regard. So the closest thing that you can think of to really um, get, a, get an idea of what the either Dragunov character is and the way he wrestles is uh, Shibata. Because Shibata pretty much laid his life on the line, almost died because he he was crazy. And he uh, that level of insanity was how he tries to, you know, defeat his opponents. And that's what Ilya does as well. So um, that's why it's not the same as Braun Breaker. That's why... It's not just a physical intensity. It's also a mental insanity that um, throws all sense of safety out the window. That's that's what's different about him. So, yeah, um, 
to your point about Melo losing whatever cocky edge that he had as as him last that he had last year, right? So yeah, you're right. But uh, it's one of those things that people will like him because he's a great mobile wrestler. So uh, I think one of those things that you strip that strip strip the uh, the hard edges and just go by. Um, the the good wrestling and I think a little of the the urban interplay between him and Trick Williams so yun lang. um maybe if they bring back the barbershop vignettes it would be great but um I don't know they haven't done that in a while now no um, no, no not not since he's really become the white meat baby face yun, yeah, so, so, I, I will say this at least Mellow and Trick still bring the current slang in yeah NXT, uh, yun, no yun one else thing, does that uh, it really helps that well because most modern slang is pretty much stolen from black culture anyway so uh that's why they are able to tap into it because it's pretty much their culture. So you know, that's the saving grace. And maybe uh, I was predicting a, I was waiting for a Trick Williams turn because everything that they did up to this point felt like that was what they were really building up to and not, and the Ilya thing was just a red herring for it. So maybe that's what's going to bring back the edge because it's a, personal friendship and it's a per- it would be a really personal rivalry so maybe that's what they're waiting for um yeah yeah Ilya has done everything that's why I thought that it was okay for him to lose because hey, at this point you gotta go up now yeah um I have no idea if we si Ilya Dragunov at SummerSlam because, you know, from the very first PLE in the Triple H regime, he immediately brought EO and Dakota up to the main roster along with the returning Bailey. That, that's how damage control was formed. So, uh, who knows? We might actually hear the Unbesieg Bar theme at SummerSlam right after Gunther versus Drew McIntyre. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, this weekend. Sunday Manila time uh, at Skinny Mike's Hobby Stadium or wherever your watch parties are for the biggest party of the summer. As we wind down here, we got to say thank you to everybody who continues to check out the podcast, whether you're a patron or a regular non-paying listener. Thank you so much for making the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast a part of your podcasting diet and for deeming us worthy of your time and listening energy. Thank you as well to Babyface producer Jasper and all of the other producers over at Podcast Network Asia for all of the good work that they do behind the scenes. We really appreciate all of you. And if you want to keep the conversation going with all of us, you can hit us up on uh, on X and on Threads. It is at Roiswar, at underscore Stancy, at Monday Night Rowan, at China Supersized, and at EML underscore Meister. For the podcast, it's Facebook and Instagram at the Wrestling Rest or at Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. For Spotify, just look for us, the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. We'll catch you on Thursday for the live stream. That's at 7 p.m. on the WWP Facebook and YouTube channels. Until then, on behalf of Ro Moran, my name is Stan C saying stay safe, stay healthy, and don't be a dick. Wrestling Wrestling Podcast out. Bye-bye. Peace. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Hold up. 
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Market.